This message comes from NPR sponsor, Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. No matter how people enjoy the outdoors, Sierra Nevada wants to make sure their voice is heard. So make a plan to vote today. Find out more at sierranevada.com. You're listening to NPR Music's coverage of the Newport Folk Festival. To find more concert coverage, including interviews, photographs, and blog posts, go to npr.org slash newportfolk. We are now, it seems, ready for Arlo Guthrie's performance here at George Wien's Folk Festival 50. Another day or two, I'll have this together. That's good. It's the tenth of January. Still ain't had no sleep. She comes waltzing in the nighttime made of wings. She is dressed up like a ballet with a thousand sparkling rings. Looking for my company to keep. Coming closer to me, she doesn't say a word. In the shadows of the carved rock tower, where the sounds of the night were the only things we heard. In my darkest hour She don't want to hear no secrets She would guarantee me that She knows there ain't no words that can describe her With the white silk scarves and her black Spanish hat She knows there ain't no way I can deny her It's a blue velvet perfume Filling up the night The guards are all asleep That watch the tower The moonlight held her breast As she easily undressed In my darkest hour My father's in his chambers With his friends all gathered round They're plotting their enemies' demise with that last detail done, they await the coming sun. While I am staring in my lover's eyes, 
Her brothers and her sisters are all through for tonight Pretending that they've just come into power oh, But she far most of all knows that they can only fall In my darkest hour Melodies as my love awakens me in the midst of the sunburst first light. The hands are holding up the skies, and I hit my open eyes. Every move just for herself, and that's alright. Soon I went along my way with no words I could explain as she began descending to the tower. Her safety now concerns me, her circumstance to blame In my darkest hour Talking to some people backstage, I was reminded of the time back a few years ago we did a little tour to raise some money for some of the musicians down in New Orleans that had lost everything in the Katrina disaster. And we, we were trying to do something that only we could do that would be at least, you know, in some way unique to us. And we took that train, the city of New Orleans, from Chicago down to the Gulf, did about a bunch of shows and raised a lot of money, and it was great. And on that tour, I thought it'd be a good idea to do at least one song that actually came from New Orleans, and I knew too. This is one of them. served as usual and the usual crowd was there now on my left stood big joe mckennedy his eyes were bloodshot red and as he looked at the gang around him these were the very words he said i went down to the saint james infirmary I saw my baby there Stretched out on a long white table So young, so cold, so fair 
Seventeen coal black horses Hitched to a rubber-tied hack Seven girls going to the graveyard Only six of them are coming back Well, let her go, let her go, God bless her Wherever she may be She may search this wide world over Never find another man like me. Now, when I die, just bury me in my high top steps in hell. It's a $20 gold piece on my watch chain To let the Lord know I died standing back I want six crap shooters for my pallbearers A chorus girl to sing me a song Place a jazz band on my hearse wagon Just to raise hell as we roll along But now that you've heard my story I'll take another shot of booze And if anyone here should ask you I've got the gambler's blues That's not really what I do so much, you know, but uh, every once in a while, some of those songs just, I don't know, they stay with you your whole life. I learned that last one. Or at least I heard it first from Cisco Houston back years ago. And uh, matter of fact, I was over, in, uh, was over in Germany about eight months ago, and, and I had, they had me playing in a little jazz and blues club over there, you know, and I didn't know what they was expecting. I knew they probably hadn't heard of me or something. So I thought, well, I didn't know what to play for him, and I thought, well, you know, if they was expecting some jazz or some blues, I'd just talk my way out of it, you know. And then I looked around, remembered where I was, and thought, well, maybe not. So I went back in my head, and I tried to remember some of the old tunes I heard when I was a kid growing up. My father had these great old 78s, these records, you know, and some of them were friends of his, guys like Lead Belly and Big Bill Brunsey and Sonny Terry and Brownie McGee and others. And, and as I was growing up, some of them lived long enough to become friends uh, of mine also. And uh, so here's an old Sonny Brownie tune here for you this afternoon. I miss those guys. I don't want no cornbread, peas, black molasses. I don't want no cornbread, peas, and black molasses. Supper time, 
Lord, Lord, what's up with time? I got a letter, letter from my mama this morning. Yeah, I got a letter, letter from my mama this morning. She said, come home, son. Lord, Lord, son, come home. I ain't got no got no ready-made money I ain't got no got no ready-made money I can't come home Lord, Lord, I can't come feeling bad about something, you put it in a song, you write about it, and you sing it to somebody else, and it makes you feel good, you know? I love that. I'm falling over up here. I've had that feeling, actually, because uh, I remember one time I was sitting around, you know, if you've ever written those kind of songs, or if you ever, uh, or painted pictures, or whatever you do, write some poetry, whatever, to feel good, you know. Uh, the feeling of doing it can become familiar if you've done it a few times. And I remember years ago, I was sitting around out of the corner of my eye, I could see the inspiration was coming my way. And I got so excited, I grabbed a pen, a piece of paper, you know, I'm sitting there waiting for it, and it's washing over me, the world is disappearing from view, feeling this wonderful, creative moment. And I started writing. I don't wanna pick them. <laughs> yeah, you're clapping. I looked at that, I said, what the hell is that? What kind of freaking song is this, you know? And for me, songs are like kids. You don't know if they're any good till you try them on other people. Everybody likes their own, you know what I'm saying? I never tried that on, on anybody. I was making a record at the time. 
walked in, put it down, walked out, that was the end of it. And the record did really well. And I got stuck doing that freaking song for the next 40 years. <laughs> Feeling embarrassed, ashamed for the family history and tradition as you can imagine, you know. I mean, not only that, but my bike's been sitting home in the Berkshires now for about two years in the woodshed. I mean, we're on the road 10 months a year, and every time I'd get back in the last couple of years, it'd be rain, snow, sleet, hail, fog, you know, whatever it was. And, and we'd stay there, it'd be like that for days. We'd take off again, hoping the next time we'd get back, it'd be good riding weather or something, you know? And it went on like that for a couple of years. And eventually, my wife felt so bad for me. She moved my bike into the house, in the living room. Good woman right there. So just about a week after she moved it in the house, I'm riding down the road, sitting there reading a the newspaper in the, in the bus or something. There was an article about another guy had his bike in the house, in the living room, just like mine. And it must have been up here in the cold weather country, not like California, where it's bike riding all year round, something like that. And the guy had it in the house, polishing the thing all winter, tweaking, you know, whatever. And finally couldn't wait any longer, and he started it up right there in the house. And the clutch was engaged, so it took off on him. He leapt for the thing, his hand caught the throttle or something, started dragging him around and around the house faster and faster, till finally started going so fast, he went through the living room wall, out into the street, where it crashed into a bunch of stuff. The bike is sailing down the road, he's lying in the pavement, screaming, crying. The wife calls the ambulance, paramedics come, haul the guy off down to the hospital. He's been there for hours, she's sitting at home thinking, well, might as well clean up or something. So she gets the old shop vac or something out there in the living room, start cleaning up all the gas and oil-soaked rags he had, whatever he was tweaking, polishing with all winter long. Took the whole thing, dumped it in the toilet, closed the bathroom door, forgot all about it. The man comes back later that night, his arms and casts out in front of him like this, walking in thinking, this would be a good time to go into the bathroom, light up a smoke or something. <laughs> you could not make this up. Somehow the guy gets a match lit or something. This huge explosion. The fumes have been building up in the bathroom all day. I mean, put this in your mind. The man is now sailing through the air, his arms in front of him. His butt is on fire. He's flying so fast he blows through the bathroom door, down the hallway, into the living room where he had started earlier that morning. He's yelling, screaming again. The wife calls the ambulance. Paramedics come. It's the same ones who was there earlier that day. They're laughing so hard as to haul the guy off on the stretcher that they trip and drop him on the pavement where he breaks even more stuff. This song is for that guy. I don't want a pickle. Just want to ride on my motorcycle. And I don't want a tickle. I want to ride on my motorcycle. Just want to ride on my motorcycle Just last week, the other day Thought I'd go up see my friend Ray So I went up, saw my friend Ray This was the only thing Ray could say was I don't want to pick up Just want to ride on my motorcycle And I don't want to pick up
Just last week I was on my bike Running into my friend named Mike Running into my friend named Mike Mike no longer has a bike But he cries I don't want a pickle Just want to ride on my motorcycle And I don't want a pickle I want to ride on my motorcycle You know, it's after writing songs like that, you begin to believe in instrumentals. <laughs> I wrote one a few years ago, and we played it for you. Especially on a nice day out like this here by the water and stuff. I wrote this, uh, I was over in Hawaii one time. I was working on a TV show on a series. It was called Birds of Paradise. It wasn't on very long. That's why. <laughs> but I had a great time. And the best part of it was that every once in a while, they would weave some of the local musicians into the show that, and, and you know make them part of the plot. And some of these guys was old buddies of mine, and some with new uh, faces I got to meet. They got such fine players over there, good pickers. And they got their own style, and they're singing in their own language, and I, I love all of that, you know. And uh, they got these tunings also that are really weird, where they tune the strings all down to crazy tunings. And these are secret family tunings they've been handing down for generations, you know. And if you look at them like you're figuring it out, they'll kill you. <laughs> so here's a little tune for some dangerous friends out here on this afternoon.
got to play my 12-string guitar. Hang on a second. Big blue. I got interested in playing the 12-string because of, because of lead belt. And, uh, you know, I, actually the very first uh, memory of, of my whole life I was about two years old. I'm standing next to Leadbelly. He's seated, and I'm just coming up to his knee or something. And that's the earliest thing I can remember, you know. I started thinking about it recently, I thought, because you know, what is it that you would remember just about standing next to somebody for your whole entire life, you know what I mean? And Leadbelly, of course, grew up, well, he was born in the 1880s, grew up in Louisiana, and spent time in a Texas penitentiary for killing a man. He got in a fight, and things went bad. And they actually let him out. They gave him a pardon because he wrote great songs. <laughs> what a freaking concept. <laughs> Imagine how many songs locked up around the world, you know. But he, he gave us those songs, you know, the Midnight Special and Goodnight Irene and so many others. And when I was growing up, you know, I started to sing with some of the people that uh, were friends of Lead Belly, you know, Pete Seeger and others. We were always singing those Lead Belly tunes in all the shows that we did. I don't think there was one we ever did. We didn't sing one of those songs. And uh, I remember just about a year ago, we were down in Louisiana and we had a few days off. And I looked at the band and I said, we're going on a mission from God. And they said, not another one of them. I said, yep, we're going to go find Lead Belly. I knew he was buried somewhere down there. And so we got the GPS going in the bus and we're, you know, but there's no point of interest called Lead Belly's grave. <laughs> so we just started driving around, you know, and eventually outside of Shreveport, we come up to a little church on a hill and we drove the bus around in the back and there was a big graveyard and one of the tombstones is bigger than all the rest. And it said, Hughie Ledbetter, Leadbelly, king of the 12-string guitar. And I was, we were so freaking excited that we had found Leadbelly's grave. And it had a wrought iron gate around the grave there. And one of the guys in the crew said, they still got them locked up. <laughs> so it broke that open. Got out the 12-string guitar, just sat on his grave and started playing some songs, you know, just like sitting in his lap or something. So here's an old Lead Belly song I always loved. I'm Alabama bound. I'm Alabama bound. And if your train don't stop and turn around, I'm Alabama bound. Oh, don't you leave me here Oh, don't you leave me here And if you must go anyhow Leave a dime for beer I'm Alabama bound I'm Alabama bound And if your train don't stop and turn Yellow green is gone. Yellow green is gone. You know she's running through the country with the long clothes on. Alabama bound. I'm Alabama bound. I'm Alabama bound. 
And if your train don't stop and turn around, I'm Alabama bound. You know the preacher preached. He passed the hat around. He said, come on, people, shoot your money to me. I'm Alabama bound. I'm Alabama bound. I'm Alabama bound. And if you train, don't stop and turn around. I'm Alabama bound. I'm Alabama bound. And if the train does stop and turn around, I'm Alabama the other night I was thinking about some of the songs that my dad wrote back years ago. I was actually thinking about the times they were living in and how many of those songs seemed like they could have been wrote just recently, you know. Not only did they have the collapse of Wall Street going on like, you know, they do now, but uh, they also out in the West had a drought that had been going on for years. It hadn't rained for so long. I mean, every once in a while you get a little sprinkle, you have somebody go out in the rain faint, you know, and they'd go get some dirt, throw it on their face just a bring them back around, and that's bad. So without the ability to grow anything, without money to buy stuff, people just naturally picked up, took off. My dad ended up on a little radio uh, show he had out in uh, Los Angeles, 15 minutes a day. And it got to be so popular that they expanded it to a full 20 minutes. Started writing about some of the things that was going on, you know. And like I said, some of those songs uh, wouldn't be that, uh, well, it seemed like they'd just fit naturally in today's world, especially at a time people are losing jobs and homes, you know, and, and it's hard to tell business people from regular outlaws at times, you know. And here's his thoughts on that subject. If you gather round me children, a story I will tell. My pretty boy Floyd the outlaw, Oklahoma knew him well. It was in the town of Shawnee on a Saturday afternoon. His wife beside him in his wagon as into town they rode. Their deputy sheriff approached them in a manner rather rude, using vulgar words of language. And his wife, she overheard. Pretty boy grabbed a log chain, and the deputy grabbed a gun. And in the fight that followed, he laid that deputy down. He took to the trees and the timbers, and he lived a life of shame. Every crime in Oklahoma was added to his name. 
He took to the trees and the timbers on the Canadian River shore. But the outlaw found a welcome at many a farmer's door. There's many a starving farmer, you know the same old story told. How the outlaw paid their mortgage and saved their little home. And others tell you of a stranger who had come to beg a meal And underneath his napkin left a thousand dollar bill It was in Oklahoma City, it was on a Christmas day There come a whole carload of groceries with a letter that did say You said that I Yes, you say that I'm a thief Well, here's a Christmas dinner For the family's on relief You know, through this world I've rambled I've seen lots of funny men Some arrive you with a six gun And some with a fountain pen But it's through your life you ramble And it's through your life you roam you won't ever see an outlaw drive a family from their home. It's interesting, you know, writing about the times and stuff. Uh, years ago, the first time I made some money, which I think was about the last time, I bought an old Coast Guard station off the coast of Florida, just one of these projects, you know, that you never finish and been working on it for like decades. And uh, anyway, I got in a fight with the Army Corps of Engineers over something about five, six years ago. And that went on for years. The house was still under construction, couldn't get insurance while I was fighting the Army Corps. And it was about that time Mother Nature was looking around for something to do. <laughs> Said, oh, there's Arlo's house. Let's go visit him. <laughs> Sent a couple of hurricanes by, two in one week, just to say hello. <clears throat> Basically took that sucker down. So when the Katrina thing was starting up, I was interested. I knew what these folks was in for, not just in the immediate moment, but in the long run, how long, if ever, it would take to get things rebuilt. And I'm sitting there watching the TV. That's the new feature of the modern disaster. Millions of people watching around the world. And it was out there in the Gulf getting bigger and bigger. I'm by the TV, I won't leave. The wife is bringing me food and sustenance, you know, day after day. And finally, it gets to New Orleans. It's big, it's bad. And that was just a natural part of the disaster, of course. And then come the man-made part that goes on for days, weeks, months. Still going on in some ways, I guess. But, but there's only so much disaster you can watch on the freaking TV. So I'd be flipping the channel. There'd be somebody selling jewelry or something. And, that was comforting. It's like some things goes on as if nothing else is happening, you know, and it was driving me freaking crazy. And then I thought, well, maybe it's supposed to be that way. I'm not sure. But it sure was, it seemed like it'd be worth a song anyhow, and here's that. In times like these, let me start again, I gotta remember. In times like these, when night surrounds me, and I'm weary And my heart is worn When the songs they're singing Don't mean nothing 
cheap refrains play on and on. The storm is here, the lightning flashes between commercials. They're taking names, singers run, but where the cash is, it's just another link in slavery's chain. See the storm clouds rise above me. The sky is dark and the night has come. I walk alone along this highway where strangers gather one by one. When leaders profit from deep divisions, when the tears of friends remain unsung in times like these, it's good to remember these times will go in times to come. I see the storm clouds rise above me. The sky is dark and the night has come. I walk alone along this highway where friends have gathered one by one. I know the storm will soon be over. The howling winds will cease to be. I walk with friends from every nation on freedom's highway in times like these. I like those kind of songs, but now I'm depressed. <laughs> and there might be some, you know, kids out here this afternoon that, uh, so let me sing something, you know, for, for you. My old buddy Ramblin' Jack Elliott is here somewhere in the crowd. I haven't seen him yet, uh, but uh, just a great, uh, where is he? Hey, Jack, how you doing? I'm just gonna tell a story about you. It's okay, I'm gonna make it up. <laughs> but I remember back years ago when I first heard Jack one night, he was singing a song about a boy and his dog. Something like, I, I mean, I don't remember, but it was something like, when I was a boy and old Shep was a pup, over hills and mountains we'd stray. Just a boy and his dog 
we were both full of fun. We grew up together that way. I remember the time by the old swimming hole when I would have drowned beyond doubt. But old Shep, he was there. To the rescue he came. He jumped in and helped pull me out. And it goes on about a boy and his dog. And I thought to myself, even back then, I said, you know, Arlo, someday you're going to write an animal ballad. <laughs> this is mine. Me and my goose, me and my pal, we had some very good times. Me and my goose, his name was Al. And he cost only a dime Over mountains we'd stray Playing all day I missed him at night until dawn Then one day I found He wasn't around I wondered where Al could have gone I looked everywhere He just wasn't there where could a goose be all day? I miss my pal, I miss my owl. It's sad that things turned out this way. Then mom brought him in, I remember her grin. Stuffed with his feet pointed straight. I'll never forget the night that we ate. Hell off of the old yellow plane. I put my kids to bed singing that song to them, which helps explain them. And, uh, because I'm tired of some of this nice, I mean, the kids' stuff that's coming out today is just so, I mean, it's, it's so good for you, it's awful. You know what I'm making you feel good about yourself and all that stuff? You know what I'm saying? It was Pete Seeger who reminded me years ago that uh, most kids' songs and stories are mostly propaganda. It's the idea of putting you to sleep at night, you know. But if you're feeling good about yourself, who the hell wants to go to sleep? And so I like the kind of stuff that scares the hell out of you. Gives you a reason to stay under the covers at night. So kids, if you're still out there, here's uh, a little poem for you I wrote back years ago. Mooses come walking up over the hill. Mooses come walking, they rarely stand still. When mooses come walking, they walk where they will. And mooses come walking up over the hill. Mooses look into your window at night. They look to the left and they look to the right. The mooses are smiling, they think it's a zoo. That's why the mooses like looking at you. So if you see mooses while lying in bed, it's best just to stay there, pretending you're dead. The mooses will leave and you'll get the thrill of seeing the mooses go over the hill.
old one. Riding on the city of New Orleans, Illinois Central, Monday morning rail. Fifteen cars and fifteen restless riders, three conductors and twenty-five sacks of mail. All along the southbound Odyssey, the train pulls out at Kentucky. Rolls along past houses, farms, and fields. Passing trains that have no names. Freight yards full of old black men. And the graveyards of the rusted automobiles. Good morning, America. How are you? Say, don't you know me? I'm your native son. I'm the train. They call the city of New Orleans I'll be gone 500 miles when the day is done Dealing card games with the old men in the club car Penny a point and no one keeping score Pass the paper bag that holds the bottle The floor and the sons of Pullman porters, the sons of engineers, ride their fathers and magic carpet made of steel. Mothers with their babes asleep, rocking to the gentle beat, and the rhythm of the rail is all they feel. Say, don't you know me? I'm your native son. I'm the train they call the city of New Orleans. I'll be gone 500 miles when the day is done. Nighttime on the city of New Orleans. Changing cars in Memphis, Tennessee. Halfway home, we'll be there by morning. Through the Mississippi darkness, rolling down to the sea. But all the towns and people seem to fade into a bad dream. Steel rail still ain't heard the news. The conductor sings his songs again. Passengers will please refrain This train's got the disappearing railroad news And good night, America, how are you? Say, don't you know me? I'm your native son I'm the train that called the city of New Orleans I'll be gone 500 miles when the day is done Say, don't you know me? I'm your native son. I'm the train they call the city of New Orleans. I'll be gone 500 miles when the day is done. 
got time for a couple more here. Let me sing you a song I wrote back years ago. I was, I was looking over at Jack, and he reminded me of one of the first times that I went out to the West Coast. I was, I was young. I was about, I don't know, 17, 18 years old, and I was going to open up a show in Los Angeles for Sonny and Brownie. And uh, my mom didn't want me to go on my, she, wouldn't, she was scared to let me just go on my own. She wanted me to stay with some family, but we didn't have any out there. And the next best thing, she said, well, you're going to have to stay with Ramblin' Jack. And I knew Jack better than my mom at that point, and I was freaking eager to stay with Ramblin' Jack. <laughs> he had a house there in Malibu he's renting. And I remember I got there, and, and Jack, still to this day, was a rodeo fanatic. And there was a uh, little rodeo arena down the road. You could walk to it from his house. And we walked over there, and they had a little event going on. It was the Trankus Riders and Ropers Association. And they was having a little barrel riding contest and something like that. And there was a little parade going on, and a beautiful girl leading that parade. I fell in love, I was smitten. I didn't know at the time I was gonna end up marrying her. But I love when that happened. Celebrating our 40th wedding anniversary this year. Yeah. You're clapping, I probably have to get her something good. I can, I'm her ticket to sainthood though, I can tell you that. At any rate, we came back from that little event, and I was kind of depressed or something like that, being smitten the way I was, and young, and Jack said, Arlo, take this. I said, what is it? He said, don't worry, it'll wear off. <laughs> I got to the gig that night, and the world was different. <laughs> I remember waking up the next morning, though, and somehow I got through and had a great time. And I wrote this song, and it's still one of my favorite songs from that time. Here's an old one. Sail with me into the unknown void that has no end. Swept along the open road that don't seem to begin. Come with me and love me, babe I may be back again Meantime, I keep sailing down This highway in the wind Evenings just begin the days It follows with the night To love you and to be with you to say that it's all right Love me while you have me be I may be back again Meantime I'll keep sailing down this highway in the
There's times I feel like going Times I want to stay Times that I ain't feeling well And times I feel okay Now you have time for love, babe We may have time again Meantime, I'll keep sailing down this highway in the wind The fortune teller tells me I have somewhere to go I look and try to understand I wonder how she knows So I must be going now I'm losing time, my friend Looking for a rainbow Down this highway in the wind So I must be going now I'm losing time, my friend Looking for a rainbow Down this highway in the wind Man, that's an old one. Let me sing you one more. Maybe it's some, Maybe you can help me out on one I haven't asked uh, yet. And I've noticed, you know, I've, we do a lot of shows, and the people these days are not as eager to be singing along and stuff like, you know, what we were doing 40 years ago. It's a little too kumbaya for most people these days. So if you, if you don't feel like it, maybe you could just mumble along or something. Trust me, I know people make a living doing it. It's perfectly legit. <laughs> and when people are singing and mumbling together, something happens, you know, it gets inside of you, it fixes things you didn't even know was wrong. And on, especially out here on an afternoon like this, it gets picked up by the breeze and carried around the world to places we never heard of. And it might be a friend of ours somewhere, a soldier, something, anybody hiding behind trees, rocks, or a wall. Somebody else been shooting at them for weeks, days, whatever it is. And I can tell you that guy can almost hear on the sound of the wind the voices of people singing, mumbling together, the sounds of kids playing, the sound of the world the way it's supposed to be. And that depends on people like us from time to time. Just be mindful of it, you know. So I'll sing a little song. My father wrote the lyrics to it and I put some music to it back years ago. Just a little peace song. Not the marching around kind of peace song I might be singing on other occasions, but it's about the little peace that's in you that makes other people happy to see you coming. Dogs lick you, babies like you, that kind of peace, you know. And I'm pretty sure at this point, if more people would pay attention to the little peace, the big peace would just take care of itself, you know. So uh, here's a little song. Most of you know my dad wrote a lot of songs and, and uh, a lot of times we don't know how they went because he couldn't write the music. And over the past, uh, I don't know, 10, 15 years, my sister Nora, who's here also this afternoon, has been getting these lyrics out to musicians all over the world. Everybody from Native American chant dancers to German cabaret punk bands and everything in between. And there's lyrics for everybody because he wrote about everything. And uh, he had a little trouble back. He'd finished an autobiography called Bound for Glory sometime in the 40s and, and uh, was doing pretty well. But he wasn't feeling well himself. And somewhere in the early 50s, he checked himself into a 
psychiatric hospital to see if there was something seriously wrong. And he was there for three months. And after the three-month evaluation, the head doctor calls my mom on the phone, says, Mrs. Guthrie, your husband is seriously ill. He's got delusions of grandeur. He believes he's a famous folk singer. He believes he's written books people are reading, made recordings people are listening to. My mom's on the other end going, my God, the doctors are nuts. So she goes to break him out, but he's made friends now and doesn't want to leave. Although you can imagine it must have been tough to be in a whole hospital filled with people nobody believes anything about anybody. Although he did say once that toward the end of the first three months he was in there, a new patient come on the ward one day, walks right up to him, says, I know who you are. You're Woody Guthrie. My dad said, you know who I am? The man said, I loved your book, Bound for Glory. My dad said, you read my book? The man said, no, I ate your book. Sometimes you just can't get a freaking break in this world. You know, but you gotta just keep the spirit going, I guess, and keep, and that's what he did. And he was in the hospital for the next 15 or so years. And every week we'd go down there and break them out. We'd bring friends and fiddles, banjos, mandolins, guitars, some food, and just sit outdoors playing music all day or people's homes in the wintertime. And, and uh, so here's one of the last little songs he wrote. And uh, I'll, I'll, maybe you can help me out. I'll, it's only two verses. I'll sing them and then I'll sing them again. Give you the words a second time and, you know, see if we can't be singing together or something like that. That's what all that kumbaya stuff's about, I guess. My peace, my peace is all I've got that I can give to you. My peace is all I've ever had It's all I ever knew I give my peace To green and black To red and white and blue My peace, my peace Is all I've got That I can give to you My peace, my peace is all I've got. It's all I've ever known. My peace is worth a thousand times more than anything I own. I pass my peace around and around, cross hands of every hue. My peace, my peace is all I've got that I can give to you. My peace, my peace is all I've got. Try it with me. My peace, my peace is all that I can give to you that I can give. My peace is all I've ever had. My peace is all I've ever, it's all I ever knew. It's all I have. I give my peace to green and black. I give my peace to green, to red and white and blue. To red and white and blue. My peace, my peace. My peace, my peace. It's all I've got that I can give to you. Now some of you getting it. My peace, my peace is all I've got. 
My peace, my peace is all, it's all I've ever known. It's all I've ever, my peace is worth a thousand times more. My peace is worth a thousand, anything I own, than anything. I pass my peace around and around. I pass my peace around, crossed hands of every hue, crossed hands of every my peace, my peace is all I've got that I can give to you. Have a good afternoon, friends. See you again sometime. Thank you. Arlo, Arlo Guthrie. Arlo Guthrie, live at the Newport Folk Festival. The crowd definitely into it and calling for an encore. I don't know if we're going to see it or not. A great set from Arlo, six 12-string guitar, and then a few tunes on the piano. And Arlo a lot Guthrie. of stories, too, right? Well, a lot of yarn. He was spinning some yarns up there.